You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, and we're live with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Clarissa Alhantara, and I am your host this morning. Uh, And this beautiful fall morning, we are going to be hearing with and in conversation with uh, two women who are coming to us via the Precious uh, Blood Ministry of Reconciliation. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the new Sankofa home and other homes that uh, have been set up around uh, PBMR uh, to help and support mothers. And they're going to tell us a little bit more about that. But before uh, we kind of get into the meat of things, I usually like to just uh, chat with my guests. So uh, with me this morning is Sister Donna and Latrice. Good morning. Uh, How are you ladies this morning? Good morning. Well, yeah. uh, so I wanted to know, tell us a little bit about uh, both of yourselves and how long you've been either associated with Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation and the Sankofa Homes. And also, um, yeah, just a little bit more about yourselves and how, you know, how long that, you know, you've been engaged or, or working in, in those capacities. So whoever wants to go first. Okay, I'll start. Um, I'm Sister Donna Liad, as you already know, and I say uh, hello to all of those who are listening throughout the Archdiocese and beyond. Uh, We're really grateful to have this opportunity to share the work that's being done at Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation, one of the most exciting and powerful, I think, ministries in our Archdiocese. And so I am a Precious Blood sister uh, from Dayton, Ohio, and I have ministered here at Precious Blood for 11 years. And I've had the opportunity to be with many, many wonderful women, many mothers, mothers, uh, women who are single, and especially uh, ministering to the women who've lost their children to gun violence or to the violence in the streets, and also to the violence of being incarcerated, their children. And so I have had that privilege. And um, the impact that we are making in the back of the yard, Southside Chicago, but also beyond in the Archdiocese of Chicago. So I'd also like to introduce uh, Latrice Butler, and I'll let her just tell a little bit about herself. Latrice, yeah, good morning. And good morning, thank you. Uh, I came to Sankofa July the 15th, and Precious Blood has been wonderful to me. I come from 30 years being incarcerated to living in a shelter, and they opened the door, and the door that they have opened for ex-offenders and mothers, and mothers who have lost their children is wonderful. We have anger management class. We have this class called the Circle, one of my favorite circle class. And we have pressure point class where we talk about our skill set. We have jobs. We have places where we can go vent, people we can talk to, and we need to show them the crown. But more so than ever, they give us our privacy, our own place. They come from home. I'm the first person, a female, to be there, living in there. And everything, excuse me, is brand new from head to toe. Mm-hmm. I relax. They check on me. We have sections where I can call anytime, even in the night. If there's something wrong, I need to vent. If something uh, tragic or something just stressing or sometimes I feel compelled to say, hey, am I free? However, they'll ask me my needs, what I want, and we're not talking about materialistic things neither. We're talking about things go on deep within that we bottle up. Uh, sometimes they want to tell you in a respectful manner, hey, 
we have a service over here. Let's come do a, uh, they just had an event yesterday. And so these events have helped me and other women I can speak for to release some of their pressure points, just to enjoy life. And just sometimes, y'all, man, I thought Jewish that's lost to gun violence. Well, just to say thank you for thinking about us, Sister Donald, Father Kelly, or the whole congregation. To be a part of something that's, for me, that's so resilient, I don't even know how to accept it right now. I received it, but it's still not true to me, but I know it's real. And it's real because God allowed me to see every day precious blood reach out and say, hey, Latrice, you have your own bedroom. You have your own kitchen. You have your own anything you want. Just ask. You don't have to hesitate. You've been deprived of this for years, 30 years. That's how much time I did. You're not deprived no more. We just want to show you love, divine love, pure love. And I receive pure love. They have church. We go fast. I go to their mass and I receive a good, good, good word this Sunday, every first Sunday. However, I just want to be thankful and I want to extend the baton and say that I appreciate Precious Blood being there for me. I, I, I still be emotional. I still break down because I can't believe it, but I know it's true. And with ex-offenders coming home, I recommend people to reach out to Sister Donna Precious Blood because you got all kinds of classes for it and it will help us. If you want to help yourself, if you want something in life, if you want to do something, it will not help you if you don't want to be helped. You have to have an appetite to want to succeed and want to go places and do things. And they have that for us. It ain't no, I can't achieve a, a, um, a job. They have all kinds of jobs. They have re-entry classes that we can go. They have a real school where you don't get a GD. You know? I mean, you get a real high school diploma here. So they have all that set up for us to let us know. Um, your mental health, I'm, I have mental problems. They even have resources for that, and they, they extend the bar for that. And people think mental health is a joke or you play with it, but no, it's serious because you don't know the tragedy or the tragic people mind of being. However, sometimes when people don't talk, because you don't trust nobody, I can say you can trust the people at Precious Blood. They have you feel uncomfortable where you can express yourself. And even if you feel like you don't want to talk, they'll say, okay, we're not talking. <laughs> you want to talk, we're here for you. It's at your convenience. So I appreciate that. And I say, oh God, thanks all the time. And I thank you for having me on your radio station. So. <laughs> So one of the, yeah, no, I'm so happy to have you uh, as part of uh, our our conversation this morning. I uh, I was introduced yes. to Precious Blood a couple years ago, and I am very aware of the impact that it has both in the community and you know on the lives of of those like you who you know have like direct uh, contact with it. And I'm wondering, you know, since you've been around since July, one of the things that Sister Donna and I are going to talk about this morning is you know how uh, you know a place like this really supports mothers. You know, and I don't know if you have experience just living in the community in the in the few months that you've lived there, where you've seen you know mothers really be impacted by, you know, the good work, whether you know whether it's services or just support or just ha really like, you know, what I'm hearing is like just having having a place of your own that that is your you know that you can that's your like I see that smile so yeah you know yeah so I don't know Latrice if you can talk about that you know um. Can you imagine coming out of can you imagine coming out of a prison, a women's prison for 30 years and then finding a home and a connection? So I'll let Latrice speak to that, but I feel that in and our Sankofa house also was named after this Ghana, uh, this image of a bird from Ghana. And uh, it's the whole idea of looking at our past and receiving it, but saying, I can take this past and move forward. And Latrice is doing that so well to look back at where she came from, but where she wants to go and has such desires. So I hand it back to Latrice. All right. Um, you asked me a question about the women's. Uh, let me speak in terms of the women's. Uh, I love, not like love, L-O-B-E. I love that it's a women group where we can sit around and express ourselves. But it's a lot of women that's in the program, young and old, that have children that don't have nowhere to turn in the community or nowhere to go. It's a lot of men 
that have places where they can go vent programs. They don't have enough program for the women's. However, when I found out about Precious Blood out of this program, and I'm the first female for the home, do you know how glorified I was? <laughs> I know, for real, dude. Can you imagine 30 years being in a two-man cell or a four-man cell with people in the room two by two? Can you imagine me doing that for 30 years? I don't think no one can is that never walked that walk. Only someone been there. You probably can understand a little bit, but you really can't deep within understand it unless you've been those to, through the path I went through. So I say some of the women who have kids that's incarcerated, I'm able to talk to them because some things they don't understand, I can relate to their child and I can explain to them when they think their son just saying this or saying this behind the bars going on. No, that is so. And sometimes these women need that because some mothers have never been there and their child son or daughter has been incarcerated for five or six years or so forth and they don't understand why the things happening behind the bars and they reach or some kids come home the day they come home be out here a week or two they've been killed and some of the women of mothers they don't understand what's going on with that atmosphere so i'm here to explain that to them and some women are and i say this some women don't understand the life behind bars, because they say that they'll never go there. But you are there when your child is there. Mm -hmm. You are there when you got loved ones there. So parents be locked up in the free world along with their children if they're in their life. So even if we are in the free world, if you got kin folks out here, people need to realize you. Sometimes your family's locked up with you. And it's hard pill to swallow because they don't understand the lesson. We try to get them to understand sometimes then they don't. So me being out here in this program and this women's was here before me, come to the program, we meet and we talk and converse. Now they're able to get a better, a, a bigger picture and a bigger perspective of what's going on behind the bars. So I do like this program because I didn't know that this many women have children in prison behind bars. So it means a lot to me on that atmosphere as well. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, the the experience that you bring, uh, you're able to, to share from from a place of honesty and, and really help others who you're living with uh, better understand, you know, maybe where their sons or their daughters are, are really struggling. And that um, that's a really uh, beautiful witness to, you know, the power of a home like this. Um, instead of, you know, if, if you had like your own place, which would be great. Uh, and you were maybe living alone, but the fact that you're able to live in community and all of you, all the women, um, can kind of help, um, help, help each other in that, in, in that way. Um, Sister Donna, did you have anything else that, uh, you know, you wanted to share about the homes and how long they've been around for? Uh, well, the Sankofa House, uh, we just opened up. When did you come in? On uh, July 15th. All right. See, she knows the exact date, <laughs> July the 15th. <laughs> Brand new. Uh -huh. Brand new, uh, yes. So it's, it's, go ahead. They're still building for women to come. So say, go for home. The tree's on the first floor. Someone <laughs> else can be there with me, but I'm enjoying my space by itself right now. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, downstairs, we call it the garden apartment. We have a programs going on for young women in the community. And the women are, they're young, very young women, 14 to 16. And we're trying to help them, you know, see what kind of women they want to be and give them the support and the resources that they need because a lot of our children in our community feel like no one really protects them. No one really understands them because a lot of them have single moms. They have to work. They're gone. And so who's there to protect them? And they feel sometimes that there's no one in the community really protecting them. So we make sure they have a safe place to come. They have programming. We have help, whatever they need to grow into the beautiful women that they want, that they are becoming already. And we will help support that journey. Yeah. So, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Clarissa. Uh, no, I was going to let you finish. Oh, okay. Yeah, so then we now have just opened a second home. Um, it's uh, being transferred over to us, and it's renovated, and it will be for women and children. The Sankofa houses, uh, the rooms are very small, so it's just for single women. Uh, possibly a family could live there in the upper levels, 
But uh, for now, we have a second home now because we've seen the great need for housing. I mean, we have so many women that do not have safe housing or they don't have housing at all. They're in, they're in cars, sleeping in cars. They're sleeping in shelters. Uh, they're coming out of prison with nowhere to go. And so the great demand for us today is to find support, affordable and safe housing for our mothers and their children. So we now have a second house that will be opening in this month of October, and that will be for women and children, but only two families. It's a small place, but we can house two families, two women with children. And of course, we do have uh, housing for men who've come out of prison. That was one of our first homes, our hospitality house that we opened for them. And uh, the people, the men and women coming out of prison, we call them, um, you know, our returning citizens. We call them uh, our messengers uh, that really speak the truth and are very supportive to help our young men and women who are growing in this environment to know some of the things that we don't know, but people like uh, Latrice and the men who are coming out of prison do know and can support our youth. Fantastic. Well, let's go take a, a quick break. And I know, Latrice, this is, we're going to say goodbye to you and Sister Donna. Let's, let's hang tight, and we'll come back in a little bit. Thank you so much, Latrice. We'll be back. Thank you, so Thank you, Bye, Clarissa. Okay. Thank you. You're so an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. I am a seminarian. The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is Continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarianfund or call 312-534-7959. Ancestry and genealogy are more important every day. People all over the world are wanting to learn more about their family heritage for personal and for health reasons. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today.
Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong uh, Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Uh, and with me this morning uh, is Sister Donna, and she's coming to me from the, uh, the Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation. And right before the break, we were talking to uh, Latrice, and she was talking about, you know, having... Uh, having moved into the home and uh, having been part of the community since July of 2018, and she was talking to us a little about uh, what her experience was like. And, you know, after 30 years of being incarcerated and, and finding a home in, in the Sankofa house, uh, which was uh, recently opened and really a true, a true resource for women like her, women who have both been incarcerated but also... Uh, women who, you know, perhaps ha have lost their children to um, violence, especially if they're neighbors in the back of the yards or perhaps Inglewood communities. And for those of you who don't know the, the Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation, it is a place in back of the yards that uh, I can't, I don't know off the top of my head how long it's been there, but they do do a number of resources and other things. They do have... Um, uh, programs for youth. They have programs for both men and women. Uh, they do workforce development. Uh, one of the, my favorite things they actually have, if you don't know, is uh, their their wood shop. And uh, their wood shop, they create they craft different pieces um, f uh, for peace circle facilitators. They have a a screen printing shop as well. And you know, one of our guests this morning, uh, Sister Donna, had on a sweatshirt from. Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation. Uh, it's a really, uh, their month of October, they're actually also going to be focusing on a couple of resources, um, conversations on Mondays, um, where they're going to be talking about different things in the community that impact us, both families and youth. Uh, and it's a really wonderful resource if um, you do have the time to kind of come and, you know, find them on Facebook. You can also find them on their website. Uh, they do have an art studio and an art gallery. One of their uh, great things they have over this summer is they've got a vegetable garden. And um, they sell produce and actually give produce away to uh, different communities. We're going to go ahead and take a, another quick break. Catholic Charities in Lake County provides a comprehensive range of social services supporting individuals, families, and older adults. These include crisis assistance, shelter, clothing, family support, counseling, legal assistance, primary health care, and specialized services for seniors and veterans. Grab-and-go meals and food pantries help those who are experiencing food insecurity. Plus. We have a diaper depot to support low-income families and their infants. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call Catholic Charities of Lake County at 847-782-4000. That's 847-782-4000. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And this morning, we've been talking about uh, the Sankofa Home and kind of resources for mothers and women outside, uh, out of the Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation. 
It is a ministry uh, located in Back of the Yards here on the south side of Chicago. And with me uh, before the break uh, was Sister Donna Leite and uh, also Latrice. And uh, Latrice uh, was with us for the first part. But Sister Donna, welcome back. Um, it was so wonderful just to meet Latrice and, and to hear her story. And uh, I'm glad that you know she was really able to give witness. Uh, and I wanted to know... So I'm familiar with, with uh, Precious Blood through my work as a restorative justice Peace Circle facilitator. But for some of our, our listeners who are far and wide, both in Chicago and, you know, uh, as we're video bro- recording this too, we, get, we, get, we might get people from not the Chicago area, you know, but I'm wondering, you know, if, if people aren't physically like located in, in, on the South Side or even associated with Precious Blood, you know, you know, when we talk about resources like the Sankofa Home and some of the other things that you have, especially for women, uh, what, you know, what is it that, you know, for, for our listeners, you know, what, you know, why, why would they be invested in something like this, especially if they're not, you know, I don't want to say why would they care, because I'm sure intrinsically people care. But, you know, if you're not like what, what are some really great things that, you know, why would people be invested in this ministry and, and, and what you're providing? Well, I think we're the it is the archdiocese, and I think first of all, it's the call of the gospel. You know, the gospel calls us, you know, to reach out to the oppressed, to the imprisoned, to the widow, to the fatherless, and so I think that first of all, it's just simply a call of the gospel. The other thing I think, since it is such a powerful ministry in the archdiocese, you know, I think that our uh, Catholic churches in within the archdiocese, it would be wonderful if they would partner with us and especially the women's organizations because you know uh, there is so lack of resources for women in our community and especially in our back of the yards community and in these communities where you know they kind of get ostracized or marginalized and definitely traumatized and so um, I think that there's a lot of women in our churches and men but women who wonder how could they help and who are these women and um, Brian Stevenson particularly talks about, you know, how important it is in his book, Just Mercy. He talks about how important it is to be proximate and how important it is to be close to people who are different than ourselves. And uh, as we go to some of our Catholic churches in our archdiocese, we see there's not a lot of diversity. Uh, we're pretty, uh, we're not unified and how important it is as Catholic persons, as persons of this archdiocese and beyond, uh, to really um, partner with people that are different than ourselves, to uh, reach out to women who don't have the resources that many of us do have. And um, I think just to get to know someone like Latrice, Mm -hmm. to walk with a woman who's lost her son or her daughter to violence, to walk with a woman who has lost her son or daughter to incarceration, And, you know, a lot of times the media presents these young men who were killed, or they were gang members. And many of the times this is not true. And uh, as Brian Stevenson also says in his book, Just Mercy, uh, you know, how we have to change these narratives. We have to change these stories. And just to sit in circle with a group of women who have lost children to violence or to incarceration. And sometimes they sit in the same circle. And sometimes they feel like their differences are too great And yet, as they tell their stories, they realize that they have both lost. They have both been traumatized. They both are in deep grief. And where do they go? How many places can they just go? Like Latrice said, when she came out of prison, all of the pain that she had suffered for 30 years, all the trauma, all the guilt, all those feelings that she had, where did she go? You know, she felt like finally she found a place at PBMR where she could tell her story without judgment. And at PBMR, we talk about as a restorative justice hub that we work with radical hospitality. Everybody is welcome. Is that true in our Catholic churches? Is it radical hospitality where everyone is welcome? And so also we offer hope that with the men and women that we work with, especially those coming out of prison, those living in these areas where there's three or four families in one home, where they suffer from addiction, where they suffer from lack of jobs, they suffer from transportation uh, costs that are very expensive to ride the buses, and can they get to work and be safe? All of these questions that a lot of times our people 
in the archdiocese uh, beyond outside of back of the yards in Southside Chicago and some other areas of oppression, uh, they don't know the stories. And if they just heard these stories, I think they would be moved to what Pope Francis talks about, the deep compassion. Yeah. So I think yeah. that yes, to be invested and be partners with the work that we have the privilege of doing, uh, I think more and more people would be excited to walk with this, yeah. these journeys. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> I, I was there a couple summers ago and remember meeting a lot of the young people uh, they were at the time it was in the summer. And so they were tending the garden. They were tending the veggie garden. Uh, they were just kind of hanging out in the hallways, uh, you know, being young people, they were outside, uh, encountered people outside. And I mean, it's really quite frankly, if, if folks who are listening or watching have not had the chance, it's, it's a really beautiful oasis, I, r- r- literally in the middle of back of the yards. I mean, it's a huge such a plot of lands, you know, there's all kinds of growth there. You know, there's, I was talking a little bit about, you know, the art studio. Um, I've got some um, pieces from your wood shop. You know, I think uh, there's a lot of, you know, if you look hard enough, there's, there's so much beauty that, that Precious Blood has to offer both the community locally, but also when we talk about the, you know, just our own city of Chicago. Yes, and I think that that's some of the things that if people came to visit, you know, sometimes they're frightened, but when people come, they're like, oh, you know, it seems so wonderful. It is an oasis. Many people, even our community say, oh, this is an oasis. We have a beautiful peace garden with a labyrinth. And sometimes the people in the community who are living in homes that are not safe, they just to sit in our peace garden or go to the vegetable garden and just find that inner peace is so important. And I think the other thing you talked about our youth. And when I first came 11 years ago, there weren't we weren't really working with women at that time, or you know, reaching out to them. And I said, you know, where are their mothers? But these young boys, I mean, if you just came and got to know one of them or many of them, you know, they're just they find a home at PBMR. They find it safe. They find they can belong. And what a what a I don't want to say it's a privilege. It, it's what should be. But um, you know, just to feel that they belong to somebody because a lot of time they don't feel they belong to the churches. They don't belong in the schools. They don't belong, you know, in so many places downtown. Uh, and when they come to PBMR, they belong. This is their home. This is their safe place. This is a place where they find hope and healing. This is where they find uh, men and women who want to love them and support them and journey with them and, and uh, support them in moving forward and being all that they want to be, like any young boy or any young girl in any community wants, you know, those kind of privileges and those kind of joys and those kind of uh, opportunities. And so we do have a workforce also uh, where uh, our young men and women and older men and women can be trained in the job market. Uh, we have the workforce, as you, I mean, the workshop, as you talked about, Clarissa, where they can learn skills and workshop. Uh, they can learn printing. They can learn silk screening. They can learn gardening. Uh, there's just so many opportunities for them at PBMR, but we wish that we could even offer more, you know, and give, uh, we have a wonderful education lab that Sister Janet directs and, um, so there's many opportunities, but we wish we could offer even more opportunities. We're still limited in our resources and our opportunities because of uh, this lack of resources. So, yeah, uh, it's it's such a joy. I feel I came uh, 11 years ago planning to just stay two years uh, to work with restorative justice in circles. And now this is my 11th year. And every day I wake up and say, I am so grateful to have this opportunity in my old age to walk among so many women and uh, try to give them hope. But at the same time, you know, they really lift my spirits and give me uh, a sense of what God is calling all of us to be in the archdiocese, in the Catholic Church, in religious communities, and beyond. When you were talking about the gospel message, I'm wondering for you, you know, what's a, you know, what's a story where you encountered Jesus? You know, when, you know, in in your work there, especially, you know, especially with the women, you know, if there's like, yes. which I know you probably have lots, quite frankly, but if there's like one story where you're like, yeah, that was a really amazing encounter with Christ. 
Yeah. Well, I have many stories, actually, but um, yeah, I don't know for sure. I, I, I want to go back just to the scripture message, I think, that really impacts my life. Sure. Is those who are far off are brought close and near by the blood of Christ. And because we're a found, you know, we're founded under the spirituality of the precious blood, that I think that impacts all of our lives here at Precious Blood. Our 35 uh, staff members, you know, in different ways, because we come from different denominations and faith beliefs, but I think we're all impacted by the fact of how precious life is and how precious every human being is, and that we cannot neglect one human being who comes to us or who is out there needing. But anyway, a story that I'd like to share, I think, and I've written, I think I've written this up somewhere, but um, this summer, a very hot day, uh, we had made a preparation to have a circle of mothers who had lost their children in the past year to violence. And so remembering how um, uh, George Floyd, you know, in one of his last moments cried out, Mama, Mama. And so we did kind of a mama walk. And so these, we made posters of each of the children, the mothers who had lost their children, their picture. And then um, they gathered in a circle and they talked about the stories of their lives and the pain and the loss and the grief of having their, their child born from their womb, you know, just cut off early in life by gun violence, by the streets and the harm that that caused not only to this mother, but to a father, to siblings, to the community, that this young boy or this young girl's life was just taken away in a second, left to bleed on the street. And so these mothers, uh, 12, 13 of them, I think, gathered together this one summer afternoon outdoors under our tent, and they kind of did sit close together, shoulder to shoulder, mm -hmm. holding the picture of their son or daughter whose life had been taken in 2021. And so as they told their stories, you know, they cried on each other's shoulders. They cried together, lamenting the lamentations of these women as they cry out, you know, the pain, the deep pain of losing, you know, part of their own being, their son, their daughter. And so as they gathered at the, after the sharing and the pain and the, uh, the grief and the lamenting together, uh, they named their child. And as they stood up and named their child and told of the day that he was born and the day that his life was taken on the streets by gun violence. And then everyone in the community, we had a support circle beyond the inner circle and everyone cried out, mama. Mm. And this woman, held that picture of her son and heard the community crying out, Mama, I hear your pain. And so as each of the 13 women told that story, I mean, you could see the suffering Christ in the face of each of these women. And at the end, when they had all put their picture down in the inner circle and sat down, we felt the unity of these women, that they were one they had united in lamenting the death of their child. And then a voice from the supporting community, another very powerful moment, a young man who had been in prison for a long time, who was involved, not the, was involved in a murder, uh, said, excuse me, but I want to ask forgiveness. He said, when I was young, I caused some harm. And he said, I'm sure that mothers cried because of what I had done. And he said, I can't apologize to those mothers. But he said, I want to apologize to you and to ask your forgiveness for yourself and for the mothers that I caused harm to. He said, please forgive me. And at that time, the mothers embraced him. And it was such a powerful moment of forgiveness and reconciliation and of people suffering, but yet feeling healing because of the reconciliation. And so that was a powerful moment of seeing Jesus. And at the end, one of our staff members asked all the women to stand and just to pray out loud and the lamentations. So asking 
for hope, asking for healing, asking for prayer for certain people, uh, prayer of praise, prayer of thanksgiving, prayer of love, prayer of compassion. And the voices got louder and louder and louder. And eventually it calmed down. But again, it was the power of the communal prayer, prayer of women who had lamented together and now were praying together, praising God, thanking God, and asking for help. So that was a powerful moment, Clarissa, uh, when I really experienced Jesus right in the midst the suffering Christ, suffering with these women, suffering with this outer circle of men and women who also felt that there were times in any of our lives that we've caused harm. And when we ask for forgiveness, ask for reconciliation, ask for the blood of Christ to cleanse us all. Powerful moments. Ah, uh, Sister Donna, I was, I, I mean, I wasn't there, but I'm listening and I, I'm going to take a quick break and dry my eyes. <laughs> And we'll be right back. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net. Or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago.
Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese. And we've been spending some time learning more about uh, the Sankofa Home and other programs, especially for mothers and, and women uh, who are associated with Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation. And with me this morning is Sister Donna Lacey. Uh Sister Donna, that was uh, a really incredible, moving story. And uh just in in the small time i've known precious blood of um ministry of reconciliation uh i can imagine that that story is magnified throughout the years uh throughout the communities and in spaces that you and i have seen and maybe spaces you and i have never been part of and just the healing the wonderful reconciliation and, and the opportunity to encounter the suffering christ and i you talked a little bit about um you know like that that gospel passage that that means so much to you of, you know, being close to those far from you. Was there anything else that you wanted to say about that? Or not necessarily scripture and verse, but, you know, other ways and maybe it's it's touched your life in, in the ministry you've been doing there? Well, I think that, yes, that line that those who are far off, those who are marginalized, those who are traumatized, uh, you know, sometimes we're afraid to be near them. But I think that uh, even Pope Francis uh, so beautifully says, you know, that we need to, uh, I don't know exactly how he said it, but, you know, be with the sheep and even pick up their smell and pick up their pain, uh, pick up their wanting to get through the gate. Uh, so I think that also inspires me um, to do this. And um, yeah, so I think every day it's really a spiritual walk. Uh, as we walk with suffering women and I work with uh, there's almost 80 women that I work with pretty directly who've either lost children to gun violence or to the violence in the streets and to regard to incarceration and so you know every day and some days I get overwhelmed and I have to say to Father Kelly you know I don't know if I can do this anymore you know it's so much grief um, you know one of our young men who's very active in our program uh, he lost his, uh, I think it was his half-brother, uh, to gun violence just last week. We had another little seven-month-old baby that was not lost by violence, but it was uh, another baby that was lost um, because of a hit-and-run car accident. Uh, so, I mean, in, within one week, you know, we experienced sometimes uh, just very traumatic uh, losses and deep grief. And so we gather in circle uh, this afternoon, we'll have four women who lost their daughters to gun violence this um, uh, year, and they will gather in a grief circle and share their pain and also their hopes and and just steps toward little steps toward you know letting go of this trauma and this loss and grief. So um, yeah, but always the scriptures. Every morning, uh, I like to get up early. And just take time to either read the scripture or something very inspiring to help me to be present and compassionate and a good listener to the women who come into our home um, with their stories. And every story is different. Every story, every story um, compels me, I guess, to keep um, stepping forward and helping these women move forward with their grief, with their desires. And, you know, sometime after they get through this time of grief, and sometimes it comes back, you know, grief never totally goes away, uh, pain. But, you know, they want to also move forward. They want to have affordable housing. They want to have a good job. They want to have a career. They want to have um, family reconciliations, maybe. They want to have better transportation. They need bus cards. They need their rent paid sometime because, of uh, you know, they couldn't go to work right after their son was murdered. They just, you know, were so in grief that it was hard to go back to work and, and live a normal life after such a tragedy. Uh, Sometimes they need help with funeral costs because they don't have life insurance on these young children of theirs. And so um, we have to address a lot of those things. But always our, our theme of our restorative justice hub is to offer hospitality and hope and healing. And every time I read anything from the scripture, you know, it seems to call me again to be very present to every human being and the preciousness of their life. And uh, yes, so. 
you you referenced um you know pope francis is that's one of my favorite lines you know the shepherds should should smell like their sheep you know where else for you or maybe the organization you know uh sometimes you know some of my guests talk about the catechism or church document or church teaching you know scripture is definitely another as, as a great resource but where else for you and by you, I mean precious blood, you know, where, you know, where else can we find some of, you know, some of that teaching that, you know, we are as members of the body of Christ, you know, instructed to be radically hospital and inclusive and welcoming and, and, you know, even being unafraid of encountering the, the suffering Christ. Yeah, well, I think our own Catholic social teachings, you know, definitely call us to that. The uh, works of mercy, you know, whether they're the spiritual works or the corporal works of mercy, all of that, our whole Catholic um, philosophy and theology, um, present theology, really calls us to be with the oppressed. And actually, way in the Old Testament, all the Psalms, the Proverbs, I mean, you can go through almost any book of Scripture, and it calls us to be with the oppressed, with the marginalized that no one should be excluded from God's graces and God's compassionate love. And, you know, as we reflect on on even Holy Week, Father Kelly so often talks about, you know, uh, the Holy Saturday, the Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday. And, you know, the ministry that we work in, you know, is so much Good Friday. Mm-hmm. There is so much suffering, so much uh, walking the cross, the, the path of the cross. And so, but uh, often we also live in that Holy Saturday, you know, just waiting for something good to happen, just waiting for resurrection, just waiting for uh, God to appear um, and to bring the healing and the hope that this community so much needs. And so, um, you know, whether we're in that Good Friday or Holy Saturday, you know, we always have that vision or that hope that someday, you know, our people, are marginalized, suffering from racism, from poverty, from um, being marginalized and cast aside and looked as, um, you know, not worthy of the blessings of even our church, of our society. Um, You know, we hope that someday, you know, that will look different. And we work for that, that there will be new communities. We work for just peace, to building up our community, to giving them hope. And every staff person here, all 35, I think, about of us, you know, work for that same thing of bringing this community hope and healing and, and radical hospitality that they're always welcome. And that's what I believe uh, our theology, uh, our Catholic theology teaches us, whether it's a social work, uh, our Catholic social teachings, our scripture, uh, our homilies in our Catholic churches should be about that, I believe. And uh um, yeah, so, uh, I love I all of it. Where, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there, but. Oh, no, <laughs> I, it's, uh, it's very authentic, you know, in terms of, you know, where we could look, you know, our own baptismal call to mission, you know, to go out, you know, to go out by beyond our doors, our, our walls, uh, you know, to be with those who, who are not like us, you know, to serve, to, yeah. you know, to be witness, to, to be there in those in those Good Friday and those Holy Saturday moments that um, and even just in hearing, you know, just the way in which, you know, the weekly just the weekly um, cadence of Precious Blood Ministry of Reconciliation. There's like there's so much joy, you know, and but there's also so much pain um, mm-hmm. and there's so much kind there's there's so many opportunities to enter into healing and reconciliation that. You know, I just, I, as a listener, I'm always touched by, you know, all the stories that, that I know come, come from the ministry. Uh, so we've got just about probably five minutes left. And so sister Donna, I wanted to just check in and see, you know, where, so people, let's say they're, they're moved to compassion. They're moved to listen. What, what do they do now? Do they, you know, visit your website? What are, how are, how are ways that, that people can get involved either with precious blood or, you know, with some supporting things like the Sankofa home, uh, Rest- restored justice initiatives, all of that. Yeah. I think I also wanted to mention that we've opened our second house that we alluded, I alluded to, but it's going to be called St. Anne's place. Uh, they're after the um, Mary's mother, St. Anne. So we're kind of excited about that also. Um, that's for women and children. But the way that uh, people could help, you know, during this month of October is sort of our fundraising month. 
I mean, we're always uh, asking for funds, of course, or inviting people to support us financially, as well as spiritually and in every other way. Um, so, you know, they could go on our website, which I think, Clarissa, will you put that out? Maybe our pbmr.org website? Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's and, on the screen now, so thank you. Yeah. And you even have our Conversations That Matter the next Wednesdays, uh, I mean Mondays, excuse me, starting this coming Monday uh, and the next two Wednesdays, Mondays. After that will be Conversations That Matter. We'll be hearing returning citizens talking about uh, their lives. We'll be hearing about mothers and grandmothers. We'll be hearing about our youth. And, you know, if every parish in our archdiocese could just partner with us and during this month maybe tithe or, or support us in whatever way they can, financially, prayerfully, uh, that would be such a blessing uh, to do that. And, you know, also like Christmas is coming, you know, to just support us, you know, we'll have many mothers and children who will be looking for something joy for Christmas, uh, if it's just a little present. Um, then, you know, we need bus passes, we need gift cards, we need people to come and visit us, we need people who maybe tutor in our education lab, uh, you know, so if my phone number could also, or Father Kelly's number be put up um, on the screen or whatever, however this goes out, to uh, either call me to work with our mothers, I'd be grateful. Uh, we have many ways that you can support us. Um, then also just, you know, Father Kelly's, the general number of PBMR, or just to go on our website and make a donation, or to call any one of us to see how you could be involved because we want, we need to partner, we need to work together, you need to meet our youth, you need to meet our mothers. You can sit in circle with us. The mothers always invite one or two to a circle to just hear their stories, to be present to them and to love them and to let the community outside the back of the yards to come in and say, you know, we're with you. We, what can we do? We wanna be one with you. Um, you know, we wanna learn from you. We wanna experience the Christ that you know and uh, we want to share the Christ that we know, and we want to share our resources. So uh, on the screen right now, you see Father Kelly, who works tirelessly to um, make uh, this restorative justice hub real uh, for our youth, for our mothers, our grandmothers, our returning citizens. And so we are so grateful to have this opportunity to share throughout the Archdiocese and beyond the impact that this wonderful organization is doing in our archdiocese for reducing gun violence and offering mothers, men, women, children, a safety, a hospitality place, a place that's safe, a place where love, God's love is poured out and the precious blood of Jesus is cleansing a community. Yeah, no, thank you so much for those uh, opportunities to get involved. Uh, for those of our listeners or watchers, you know, those Monday conversations uh, are, are, are really going to be, you know, something special, I imagine, just in terms of, you know, who's going to be invited at the table in such an easy way. You know, it's, it's offered virtually, so you can log in at work, you can log in at home, uh, you know, if, you know, however that works for you. But, you know, some of the stories that you've shared with us today, Sister Donna, I'm sure, you know, the panelists or the conversations that are going to happen over the next series of Mondays, you know, will be just as powerful and just as transformative and I think at the end of the day you know you really mentioned you know the opportunity for prayer because as I'm thinking about it you know just even praying about the ministry you know is, is, is such a great help to you and those who are literally sitting in circle almost every week you know wanting wanting to make those connections and and so for those of us for those of our listeners who are like I want to start helping now I think you know definitely offering that opportunity just to start praying you know for the ministry. Yes. That's powerful. There's nothing where our older sisters at Dayton, you know, they are always praying for PBMR. And I tell them, you know, that's why I can do what I do. Yeah. Well, Sister Donna, it's it's really been quite a pleasure. And I knew this conversation uh, would be just as beautiful in person as it was on the phone. Uh, many, many good wishes to you. Thank you so much for your witness. Uh, and listeners, we'll, we'll catch you next month. Take care. Okay. Thank you, Clarissa. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. 
and please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.